Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on eight. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Locked On Giants. I'm your host, Art Stapleton, of the record. For all my coverage of the New York Giants, go to NorthJersey.com. Check out the print editions of the record and across the USA Today network. Well, it's my first show since the Giants fell to 0-5. And uh, i got to be honest, one of the worst days... In the regular season for the New York Giants, maybe the worst day in October in franchise history. The Giants lose a game the way they did, 56 seconds. Odell Beckham, fractured ankle, out for the season. Eli Manning fumbles the ball at the 11. Phillip Rivers throws a touchdown pass to Melvin Gordon. And just like that, the Chargers, 27-22 victors. The Giants are at 0-5. A lost season gets worse. So we'll assess a little bit. I know a lot of you come to Lockdown Giants and come to me looking for uh, some reasonable advice as to why you shouldn't be on the ledge regarding the Giants, and I wish I had uh, had something to tell you to uh, bring you some solace, because no one saw this coming. Anyone tells you that they saw the Giants at 0-5 and out of the playoff picture, not mathematically eliminated, but in reality, it's over. If anyone told you that, They're lying in hindsight. Because this team won 11 games last year. Now, you can make the argument that, okay, maybe of their 11 wins, you know, they benefited from Murphy's Law and key plays down the stretch, so they weren't going to win 11 games this year. Okay, I could see that. But there's no way after five weeks you'd say the Giants were winless. No way. And I sense the frustration and the angst from the fan base. And some of you want to blow the whole thing up and fire Jerry Reese and fire Ben McAdoo and uh, start over. And you know what? If that happens come January, I have a hard time arguing with it right now. They're at 0-5. What I will tell you is that I believe Ben McAdoo is safe. I believe the next two months could change that. I think he's under a microscope right now. I wouldn't say his job's in jeopardy, but look, if you're ownership, you have to be watching what your head coach is doing. You have to watch the way your team responds. You know, John Mara himself, several years ago, talked about how in 2013, when he got on a bus in Jacksonville after the Giants coughed up a big win, uh, what would have been a win against the Jaguars and said he seriously thought he was going to fire Tom Coughlin at the end of the season. 
changed his mind the following week. The Giants went to Tennessee. They won a game. It wasn't a big game. It wasn't a a victory that put them in the playoff hunt. But he saw what he wanted to see in terms of leadership from a coach that had won two Super Bowls. Now, Ben McAdoo is not coming from that perspective. But Ben McAdoo was just hired last year. And regardless of what you want to say about his 11 wins, he gets credit for them. He's the head coach. And the Giants just had a head coaching search. And they signed Ben McAdoo as head coach. So this isn't... It's pretty soon to admit that you made a mistake. Now, with all his flaws in McAdoo, I believe that his stubbornness is his biggest detrimental quality. And I do believe that he's got to be concerned with his leadership and that his message is not getting stale in the locker room. You know, when he's winning and and when people talk about the idea that McAdoo's offense stinks and he's a terrible play caller and look, I can't dispute a lot of that. You know, but you got to remember something. McAdoo's offense was brought here with the blessing of ownership that their previous offense under Kevin Gilbride was broken. So somewhere along the line, this offense has failed. Now, you want to point fingers at Jerry Reese and say he made a mistake and a miscalculation in the offseason by not signing Andrew Whitworth? You know what? I can't argue with that. I didn't agree with the sentiment back in February, so it would be unfair for me to say that now. You know, in hindsight, absolutely. To see the impact that Whitworth is having with the Rams in L.A., I was wrong. The Giants should have put the money out there for Whitworth. I was concerned with his age. As it turns out, I was wrong five weeks into the season. I also thought Brandon Marshall would have a major impact on this team. I was wrong. Marshall's now out for the season after ankle surgery. So, you know, I have no problem admitting that I was wrong on certain things. Does Jerry Reese and the Giants in the front office admit they were wrong? That remains to be seen. And they don't have to do it publicly. They need to do it internally. You know, but every Reese decision is treated as if it's just made by Jerry Reese. You know, John Mara is a co-owner, but he's also team president. You know, after every practice, Ben McAdoo, Jerry Reese, John Mara when he's in attendance, which I'd have to say 90% of the time he is, meet with Ronnie Barnes, who's the head trainer for the Giants, long time, well-respected, and you know, they discuss whatever transpired during practice, any injury reports, and, and whatever they're talking about. So, Jerry Reese is not sitting in his office making decisions in spite of advice from ownership. Now, are there decisions that Jerry Reese makes that go against what ownership wants? You know what? Maybe if there's a push comes to shove, ownership pulls back and says, Jerry, you're the GM, you make the call. Uh, but for the most part, I have to imagine that this entire team brass is 
part of the decisions that are made here. So, to say Jerry Reese is going to get fired, you know what? Maybe he will lose his job as general manager. The argument for keeping him has more to do with the history of the Giants and the tradition than some of the decisions that have been made recently. But you know what? We have three months to talk about these things. Because as I wrote the other day, firing guys now is not in the Giants' DNA. It's not how they operate. And those of you who want that should know the team that you root for. I mean, the reason you root for this team is really what they're built on traditionally, right? So in my mind, you root for your team, your Giants team, not necessarily because you live in the area, although I'm sure people just adopt the Giants because they're the local team if they live in New York or New Jersey. But you like certain things about them. You like the players. You like the, the mantra that the team believes in. And you have a franchise that doesn't fire general managers. You're not talking about a franchise who wants to bring instability into the organization. And if you disagree with that, then that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But you also have to realize that that has not been the way your team operates. So ultimately, you have a choice. Either you swallow what your team does as a philosophy, or you find a new team, or you appreciate the fact that if your team decides to do what you want it to do, that it went against the grain and is now operating under a different mentality, at least in this respect, than what it has traditionally. You know, the worst regular season 16-game schedule in Giants history was 3-12-1. That head coach was almost fired. That head coach is now in the Hall of Fame, Bill Parcells, winner of two Super Bowls, the first two in Giants history. So that is something to remember, is that if John Mara is going by a blueprint, he knows the story. Heck, he's told me this story one-on-one in his office the first year I was on the beat about how they were ready to hire Howard Schnellenberger. And George Young was down the hallway ready ready to fire Parcells and hire Schnellenberger. And it didn't work. The call was made. They were told Parcells is back. And that's the way it happened. And then Parcells obviously changed his ways a little bit. Started doing things the way, quote, he wanted to do them. And then the Giants, of course, the rest is history. So, here we are at 0-5. Look, I I wish I could look at the schedule and say they're going to win this game, that game, this game, that game. The fact that they lost to the Chargers, which was the most winnable game on the schedule... I think really sends him in the tailspin. You lose four wide receivers in the game. Your top three, Beckham, out for the season, crushing blow. Marshall, out for the season. And Sterling Shepard, I don't think he plays against Denver this week. Uh, 
Maybe he's back the following week. My guess is they would hold him out at least until the bye. Why rush him back? So your wide receiving core going to Denver. You know, the best secondary in the NFL. No fly zone. Consists of Roger Lewis Jr., recently re-signed Tavares King, recently promoted from the practice squad, Travis Rudolph, and Eddie Egan. Now, obviously, Evan Ingram and Rhett Ellison will also have a factor. I would think Jarrell Adams will play as well. Maybe even Matt Lacoste will get uh, up, up on the active roster again on game day. But this is where the Giants are at. It's not going to be pretty in Denver. You know, we won't even get to the tackles at this point. We can talk about the tackles on tomorrow's show. But that's kind of where, uh, where the Giants are right now. 0-5 and barreling toward a top five draft pick. That's kind of how you have to look at it. And I think we're going to do our best to have fun with this over the next couple months. Some of you, I'm sure, will lose interest in the Giants, but I will do my best to continue to provide fair coverage, give you some positive and negative stories as best as we can. Uh, Like I said, fair and balanced coverage. If guys do well, we're going to write about them. We're going to talk about them. If guys need to be criticized, we're going to write about them. We're going to talk about it. But at this point, the bigger picture for the Giants is moving forward to 2018. And it'll be interesting to see what steps Ben McAdoo takes in order to truly evaluate the Giants as they move forward into this unexpected situation. I have a column up on NorthJersey.com about Eli Manning and his role in all this. So hopefully you go and check it out. We'll talk about it more tomorrow, hopefully. And uh, that's about it. That's where we're at. So we're back. Keep doing what we can do. And uh, 0-5. It's certainly not what I expected. I know it's not what you expected. But we'll continue to provide the best coverage we can of the New York Giants. Tune in tomorrow. Take care. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.